called here by the gospel, there we go, uh, to be enlightened with his gifts and sanctified and kept in the true faith today. Why don't we stand this morning and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Dale, you are all already there, so you can just go ahead and do that. Please stand and greet each other in the name today. Good morning, and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Parker Shane, your announcer for this 13th Sunday after Pentecost. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the lay minister, Bruce Sletton, the organist, Mrs. Susan Sinniger, and the acolytes are McKenna Schmidt and Will Goodman. Today's order of service is at www.trinity1874.com. Radio broadcast for today is sponsored by St. John's Lutheran Church, Stones Prairie, and dedicated to the glory of God. May God bless us as we worship together. I have just a couple of pre-service announcements. One is uh, a service detail. There was a last-minute change by me of the hymn of the day, so I want you to mark that down. We're changing the hymn of the day. The hymn of the day is changing to number 685, which is Let Us Ever Walk with Jesus. We, we have sang it recently, but as, as I was... Um, uh, doing my prep for the message today, I found that Let Us Ever Walk With Jesus fits really well, and so we're going to be singing that. So if you have a pen or something to write with it, I'll make sure that I announce it as we get there as well. But we're changing the hymn of the day to 685, Let Us Ever Walk With Jesus, <clears throat> number 685. And then the last pre-service announcement is a plea from me. Um, one of the, they, at seminary, they teach us Many, many things, that was mine. Um, at the seminary, they teach us many, many things, and uh, a lot of really, really great things. And the one thing that they do not have a class on is how to read minds. Okay? So my plea to you is this. If you or somebody that you know or somebody in our church is sick, is not feeling well, um, is in the hospital, 
um, would like to be visited by me, please tell me. Please. Because I can't read minds, and I wish that I could, but I can't. So if there is somebody in our church or even somebody outside of our church who you think would like to receive a visit from me, please tell me. If you don't want me to know, that's, that's fine, okay? Um, but please don't assume that, that I know. If you think that I might know but aren't sure, tell me anyway, all right? Because I really want to know if you or somebody in our church is not well uh, and would like to receive pastoral care. Believe it or not, I did not sign up to be a pastor to go to voters' meetings. I just didn't, okay? I signed up in order to receive, in order to give pastoral care um, and to be able to do that. So please, please, please tell me. Let me know. Shoot me an email. Call the office. Let our secretary know. Please, please, please let me know. Deal? Perfect. Okay. With that in mind, let's begin our worship today with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that today your mercy calls us. Uh, Your mercy has called us here to this house of worship, uh, to Lord, not only to praise you in song, but Lord, to receive from you uh, that same mercy and that same grace uh, and that same gospel. We thank you that the good news of Jesus crucified, died, buried, and resurrected once again, uh, Lord, is that news which fills us here today, that news that fills this place. Uh, and for that, we thank you. Now, Lord, we pray that you would give us a zeal for your house of worship here. Lord, truly better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please stand. And so we begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins to God, Let us then confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. his son to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our opening hymn today is, O God, My Faithful God, on page 696. 
verses 1 through 3 of the Lutheran Service Book. Make me understand the way of your precepts. My soul melts away for sorrow. Put false ways far from me. I've chosen the way of faithfulness. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. I will run in the way of your commandments. Make me understand the way of your precepts. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O merciful Lord, you did not spare your only Son, but delivered him up for us all. Grant us courage and strength to take up the cross and follow him, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The Old Testament lesson for this morning comes from Deuteronomy chapter 30, beginning at the 15th verse. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today, by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away, and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore choose life, that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding him fast to him. For he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. This is the word of the Lord. Fear the Lord, you his saints. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Our special music today is by the Trinity Choir.
That was really good. Y'all need to make a CD. Okay, can we have the children come forward for the children's message, please, and your mighty minds. Well, good morning. Say, I have a question for you. How many of you would like to learn how to play an instrument? Maybe it'd be a, a brass instrument, like a trumpet. Maybe it'd be the drums. Maybe it'd be the piano. How many of you would like to learn how to play an instrument? Raise your hands. How many of you already play an instrument? Okay, so you'd like to learn. Okay, so here's the thing. When you want to learn how to play an instrument, there is a cost that's involved that you ought to probably take into consideration. Example, when I was young, I really wanted to learn how to play the trumpet. And the reason I did it was there was a couple of really great trumpet players uh, that were, I was exposed to early on in my life that I was really pleased with listening to their music, like Doc Severinsen from The Tonight Show, great trumpet player. Herb Alpert and his orchestra, great player of trumpet. So I really wanted to learn how to play a trumpet. And so the thing is, if you want to learn how to play an instrument, the first thing you have to do is you have to buy the instrument. Well, trumpets today can be very expensive, or really any other kind of an instrument for that matter. You could pay $500 or more to buy an instrument to learn how to play. So if you really want to learn how to play an instrument, what do you think of the cost involved? Is it still worth wanting to learn how to play the, that instrument? Well, the second thing is, even if you said yes, I really still want to learn how to play that instrument, the next thing you have to do is you have to find a teacher, someone who would teach you how to play that instrument. Well, to get a teacher to teach you how to play an instrument, like a trumpet, as an example, why, that could be $10, $15, $20 a lesson. Hmm, you sure you still want to learn how to play the instrument? And then, after you've got the teacher all lined up, then you have to buy some music to go along with it. And the music, a book like this, why that can cost $10 or more for every little book of music that you want to use. Another cost involved, are you sure you want to learn how to play the instrument? Well, then the biggest thing comes into play. You have to practice. Music teachers tell us, if you want to be really good at playing an instrument, you have to practice by at least an hour a day. Well, sounds fun right off the bat, but then there's times when you want to go out and play, and your mom or dad say, not yet. You first have to get your hour of practice in. 
You sure you want to learn how to play an instrument? Well, there's a cost and there's a price. And that is what really kind of leads us to our gospel lesson for today that Pastor is going to tell us about. There are people coming to Jesus who said, I want to be your disciple. And Jesus reminded them, there's a cost to following me. Some people will look down at you for following me. Some people will make fun of you for following me. Lots of things to consider. There's a cost for following Jesus. So let's pray for that. Dear Jesus, thank you for making us your disciples. Help us remain strong cost. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, go on back to the same pews you came from. The epistle reading comes from Philemon. Uh, there's really only one chapter to Philemon, so we're going to read it all, uh, all 21 verses. Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus Christ and all his saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake, I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man, and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my child, Onimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. I'm sending him back to you, sending my very best, my, my very heart, I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be compulsion but of your own free will. But this perhaps is why he was departed from you for a while that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave but more than a slave as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it, to say nothing of your owing me, even your own self. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand.
Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. This is also the sermon text for this morning. Now great crowds accompanied Jesus, and he, turned to, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is of no use either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown away. He who has ears, let him hear. This is the gospel of our Lord. be seated. And once again, our hymn of the day is Let Us Ever Walk with Jesus, number 685 in your hymnal, which is in the pew that is in front of you. Number 685, Let Us Ever Walk with Jesus.
Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is the gospel lesson that was just read. Please have that in front of you. We will be going through it as we go along here this morning. Some of my favorite commercials on TV are some of these latest Geico commercials. And my favorite one is probably the one where this really distressed husband and wife come into the doctor's office and the husband is laying there on the operating table and the nurse comes in and she's trying to give them all of these last minute directions and the husband has this really distressed look on his face and the husband asks the nurse, well, how good is this doctor? And the nurse goes, he's okay. We do not want our doctors to simply be okay. We do not want our car mechanics to simply be okay. We do not want our Starbucks barista to simply be okay. Because we don't like it when people just go halfway. And we don't like it when people sort of have one foot on one side of something and one foot on the other side of something and they're not actually taking a stand for something. Our passage from Jesus today is another difficult passage. I opened up this passage at the beginning of this week, and I read it, and I looked at it, and I was like, oh, man. Because there's been like three to four weeks of solid, just really tough stuff that Jesus is saying. And really, we, we shouldn't be surprised then, I guess, by Jesus saying things like, if anybody does not hate his own mother or father or his family, then he cannot be my disciple. Because if we remember last week, if we remember the week before, last week Jesus said that we need to strive to enter through the narrow door. The week before that was even more difficult to hear. And that was, again, talking about families and how there will be times in which you may need to separate from your family for the sake of Christ. And Jesus, even going back before that, he has prepped us for this. In chapter 9, starting at verse 23 in Luke, Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father of the holy angels." But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. And so carrying our cross and following Jesus will sometimes mean that we have to lose our own selves. We have to lose our very lives, the entirety of our being. If we go just a little bit after that, in Luke chapter 9, verses 60 through 61... 
to another, Jesus said, follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to those at my home. For Jesus, there is no time to go back and bury the dead when it comes to discipleship. And when it comes to taking up our cross and following him. And for Jesus, there's no time to go back and say farewell, to go back and say goodbye to those that we care about the most. And so let's use the text for this morning as our outline. A great crowd accompanied him, verse 25 of Luke chapter 14 Great crowds accompanied him, he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And so the question then becomes, what does Jesus mean by the word hate? Does he mean that we should actively look to find the faults, the lack of discipleship in our mothers and our fathers and our brothers and our sisters and our kids so that we might find reason to hate them and to think ill of them. No, I don't think that that's what he's saying. And then he goes on and he gives two examples. He says, For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who is against him with 20,000? Again, count the cost before you start. If you don't have enough money to build the house, don't build the house. If you, if you are going to war and his army is bigger than your army, just go ask for terms of peace. And so... I got done with reading the text on Monday, and I asked myself this question. Why does he want me to count the cost? And what does it mean when he says that we must count the cost before we consider discipleship with him? My first thought was, well, maybe what he means is, well, we need to make sure that we know what we're getting ourselves into so that we have the opportunity to say no. And I was like, well, no, no, that's not it. Jesus wouldn't set us up like that. Does it mean, then, so that we know what to expect when it comes to, the, to this discipleship life? Perhaps. And so why does he want us to know, and why does he want us to count the cost? Two reasons. Number one, because he knows that it will be worth it in the end. James chapter 1 says that, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you endure sufferings and trials of many kinds. Consider it pure joy. And as we just sang in our hymn, the hymn of the day, Take my life and let it be, verse 2, Let us suffer here with Jesus. And with patience bear our cross. Joy will follow all our sadness. Where he is, there is no loss. And so let us suffer with Jesus because he's been there. 
The writer to the Hebrews talks about how we have this great high priest who has been tempted, who has suffered in every way that you and I have. And so we can be confident and be assured that whatever it is that we are going through in this particular season, he knows. And he's been there. And he has felt the grief and the sorrow of following his Lord. And he can tell us what that will certainly be like. Which leads me to the second reason for why I believe that Jesus wants us to count the cost. Because in the cost, in the cost of discipleship, which will mean sometimes we may have to be confronted with a situation in which we have to cut out certain people in our lives. It might mean that. Might. And those people might be people that are close to us, like our mother or our fathers or our kids or our brothers or our sisters. It might. Again, we're not looking for fault. But if the people that we are surrounding ourselves with are keeping us from this life of discipleship, then, folks, this is the exact reason why Jesus says elsewhere, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. And if your right arm causes you to sin, then cut it off. Does he mean actually cut off your arm? Well, no. Does he mean actually gouge out your eye? Well, no. But again, Scripture interprets itself, right? What he does mean is that, so we go back to Luke 14. What he does mean is that if we have a family member or somebody close to us that is keeping us, is hindering us from this life of discipleship, he who has ears, let him hear, he says. Take a good, hard, long look. Because it might mean that. I'm not saying that it will. But what I am saying is that it might mean that. It's exactly why Jesus gives us this example about, about salt. One of my favorite sarcastic lines to tell folks, and I even tell myself this, is you had one job. You had one job to do, and you couldn't even do that. Salt has one job. Salt has one job, and that is to be salty. And Jesus says, if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be restored? If it isn't salty, if salt isn't doing what it's supposed to do, if it does not have any saltiness, then it is worthless, he says. It is of no use for the soil or the manure pile. Yikes! It is thrown away. He who has ears, let him hear. We cannot be one foot in and one foot out. The book of Revelation talks about this too in one of the letters to one of the churches. And Jesus says to this church, For I know your ways. You are neither hot nor cold. And because of that, I will spit you out of my mouth. That's, that's hard. That's hard to hear. But it's nonetheless true. And it's nonetheless real. And so the second reason The second reason why he wants us to count the cost is because there in the cost we find him. Because who was it that took the cost for us? And who was it that went to Calvary's cross for us? And who was it that was tempted by the devil for us and never wavered? 
And who was it that was going to be killed on our behalf? Of course, it was the Lord. This is why verse 27 of our text says that whoever does not bear his own cross cannot be my disciple. That means suffering. That means going through difficult times. But here's the good news. Here's the gospel. And I was, I was making the joke with the adult Bible class that one of the inside jokes with pastors is that whenever you get done reading a really difficult gospel text like this one, so um, it is of no use either to, for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown away. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Here's the good news. Here is the gospel. The Bible is so cool, and when we, when we allow it to interpret itself, everything really begins to make sense. When Jesus goes to be baptized by John, he doesn't do it for his sake, and we've, we've talked about this before. He doesn't do it for his sake. What does he say? He says, this is done. John is confused. He has no idea why Jesus would come to him. And you come to me. I should be baptized by you. And Jesus says, this is, this is to be done in order to fulfill all righteousness. And so when Jesus goes to John and is baptized by him, when he says that this is to be done for repentance, he doesn't mean his repentance. He means yours. And what we have to be careful with is that when we're talking about a life of discipleship, we have to be careful not to mix discipleship with the gospel. Discipleship is what God has called you to do. He has called you to be over here and not over here, not one foot here and one foot here. All of that is true. All of that is 100% true. Discipleship means that sometimes you will have to make really difficult decisions in your life for the sake of the gospel. But what discipleship means is that being his disciple means that he takes us with him, as I said last week, kicking and screaming to his cross. Because he knows that we must die with him in order for us to receive the benefits and the fruits of heaven. We could never ever hope to to ever possibly get there by ourselves. This is so much deeper, right? This is so much deeper than just, well, I know that, that I can't do anything to earn my salvation. No. Do you really know that you were dragged kicking and screaming? Every day you are dragged kicking and screaming to the cross? Every day. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God that you are dragged, kicking and screaming to the cross. Why? Because this is what it means to be a disciple that is called by the creator of everything. This is what it means to be called by the creator of everything who wrote in his Psalms, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Because you belong to him. And he was not going to leave anything to chance. He was not, let me put it like this, if, I'm, if I haven't been perfectly clear yet, he was not going to let you or I screw it up. Sorry. He was not going to let you or I mess it up. 
He took no chances, folks. And so he takes you with him to his cross. And there you die with him. The, the, what, uh, it's uh, verse, where is it? Verse 3 of, of the hymn that we just sang, and this is why I texted Susan this morning, and, and, and I said, is it all right if we switch this? Because verse, verse 3, let us gladly die with Jesus. Jesus here with you I die, there to live with you on high. Jesus knew your outcome without him, and he refused to let that be your end. Refused. And so he sent his son, And so he sent his son Jesus to take you with him to his cross to be crucified so that your sin and your death would be put to death. And then three days later, he walks out of his tomb. And when he returns, and he will, when he returns, you too will walk out of your tomb and into the celestial joys of paradise. Because that is what he wants for you. Again, man, every day, he just drags us there. He just drags us there, and he says, you need to die. And so I'm going to die with you. He has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Let's sort of maybe repackage this a little bit. Salt is salty. We are the salt. We get our saltiness because of Christ. We are disciples only because of his calling, not because of what we do, but because he has called us to this life. He has called us to this life in which we, in which we live a life of being over here fully with him, and some days, many days, we fail, and yet he says, no, come on back over here. A life of discipleship is about counting the cost and learning that being a disciple of Jesus is where God takes us. To the cross, and walking out of our then empty grave with him because in our own crosses there we find him. And that, folks, is why he wants you and I to count the cost. Not so that we would, we would somehow see what was in our lives before us. Can you imagine if you could see your future and all of the suffering? Would you really want to go on? Probably not. And that's why it's all about what God does for us, how he takes us there, sometimes kicking and screaming. Let us not get then, let us not get so wrapped up in what we're doing as disciples, as that is really, really important. But let us not fail to remember that the entire reason for why we are disciples is to go to the cross and to gladly die with Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Please stand. We now say together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life of the last Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we will collect our tithes and offerings in the pew that you are in is a red sign-in book that will be passed around. Whether you are a member or a guest with us, we ask that you would fill that book out so that we know so that, we know that you were here uh, to worship with us. And guests, if you would be so kind as to leave us a way that we might be able to reach you um, so that we might uh, thank you for coming to worship today. We collect our tithes and offerings. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. The radio broadcast is made possible by the donations to the radio broadcast ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help. Friends in Christ will have their annual fish fry uh, on Saturday, September 14th around 630 at, the, at David and Connie Chapman's picnic area. Men's Glee will be in rehearsals for the coming choir season starting September 11th at 6.30. We meet every second and fourth Wednesday of the month. Trinity Ringers will begin rehearsals for the coming bell season starting September 4th at 5.30. We meet every Wednesday of the month. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness to the public marketplace. Today's message, Play Your Part, speaker Dr. Reverend Michael Ziegler. This week on the Lutheran Hour, Dr. Ziegler says, We each have a part to play on God's stage with a script, without a tryout, with freedom and responsibility. How will you play your part? Dr. Ziegler and his guest, Dr. Charles, discuss our place in God's creation and our role in caring for it this week on the Lutheran Hour. We now rejoin the congregation during the worship service.
us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day in leading us here so we can worship you. As the beautiful sunrise this morning signals a new day in our lives, your refreshing word gives us the strength to live a life filled with joy and hope. Remind us this week that following you comes at a cost. Help us see that whatever that cost is, it is a blessing. A blessing that leads to a closer walk with you, Jesus. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the sick, those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery, those on the road to recovery. We lift up all of those on our health list. Melba, Landreth, Janice, Carol, Ethel, Joan, Addison, Steve, Becky, Wayne, Bob Dodson, Mark, Lorne, Gary, Bob Curtit, Emma, Brenda, Rosemarie, Bob Yelenek, John Alexander, Debbie, Mary, Fred, Lisa, Jen, Catherine, Deborah, Joe, Phil, Louise, Ruth, Loetta, Glennon, Karen, Dennis Stellwagen, Dennis Nost, Nellie, Gary Deegan, John Eden. These, Lord, we lift up to you as well as those we now name in our hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely and give them a sense of your presence during these difficult times as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our leaders who hold positions of service nationally in our state and in our local communities. Father, these people have accepted the responsibility of leadership as a part of their commitment to serve. Send your Holy Spirit to give them true wisdom to govern in a way that glorifies your name. Keep them mindful of those who cannot speak for themselves, especially the unborn. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military, especially those who serve in the most dangerous places. Lift up to you in prayer Christopher Smith, who was serving in the Navy, Luke Sharp, who was serving in the Marines, and David Hesseman, who was deployed overseas, as well as their families who pray and wait for their safe return. We think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel. Father, we pray that you will send your heavenly angel to watch over them, to protect them against all harm, strengthen and encourage them so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy. A prayer for birthdays being celebrated this week. We give you thanks, O Lord, for the many blessings you've given to your servant, Loretta Offenbrink, celebrating 85 years of life, especially for bestowing on her length of days in this present life. Grant that she may always know your loving kindness. Abide in the confession of your name and put and trust each day in your gracious care and protection. May the celebration of her birth be a celebration of life both now and the life to come. Lord, in your mercy. Most gracious God, we give thanks for the joy and blessings that you grant to husbands and wives. Assist them always by your grace, that with true fidelity and steadfast love, 
that may honor and keep their marriage vows, grow in love towards you and each other, and come at last to the eternal joys that you have promised. Lord, in your mercy. God of all creation, we praise your power and majesty which you have revealed in the growing of things on land and in the sea. Teach us, dear Lord, to know that in due season you supply daily bread for us and all mankind. Banish from our hearts all selfishness and pride. Give us the needed diligence and necessary skill in the sowing and gathering of our harvests. Protect our fields from pestilence, hail, fire, and floods. Let the earth yield its increase. Watch over all who work the land and raise the livestock which you have so graciously placed in their care. Make us a thankful people as we enjoy working amid growing things and open our eyes to behold the beauty of your creation. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Lord, I offer up a special prayer for this congregation of yours. As you continue to bless us, keep us focused on what's most important in our lives. Help each of us find the time to be in your word, spend time in daily prayer, strengthen our hearts for mission, and finally, nurture the love that we have for you and each other. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Pray the prayer that our Lord gave us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and none of the form of the bread and wine, 
I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith in life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Our communion hymns for the day are Jesus, Refuge of the Weary on page 423, All Glory, Laud, and Honor on page 442, Jesus Christ is Risen Today on page 457, and Jesus Loves Me on page 588. All of these can be found in the Lutheran Service Book.
And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us to this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us to the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Our closing hymn today is O God, My Faithful God, on page 696, verses 4 through 6 of the Lutheran Service Book.
And just a few announcements before we close with worship today. Uh, first of all, there will be a short prayer session, as always, in the chapel after service for anyone who would like to join. Uh, you may submit your request for prayer prior to the service. You can contact Philip or Debbie Trochi. There's also a jar outside of the chapel, uh, which is right over there to my left, uh, that where you can leave your prayer request at any time. Rehearsals for Men's Glee begin September 11th at 6.30. They meet every second and fourth Wednesday of the month. New members are always welcome. And this week, midweek confirmation for 7th and 8th grade students will begin September the 10th. They will meet on Tuesdays at 6.30 in the school. If you have any questions about that, uh, please contact myself uh, uh, at the church office. And there our next Friends in Christ gathering is the Fish Fry and Fellowship. Woohoo! This coming Saturday, September the 14th, eating around 6.30, uh, it is at David and Connie Chapman's picnic area. Uh, David and Connie, raise your hands so that people kind of know who you are. Yes, you, yes, you, David. Oh, higher, David. Raise your hand up there. There you go. That guy right there, okay? Uh, at his picnic area, if you have any questions about that, please find him uh, and um, uh, let him know. Uh, everybody is welcome. Uh, we will be having fried fish, hush puppies, campfire beans, water, soda, and table service. Uh, please bring a side dish to share, lawn chairs, and a favorite beverage. Uh, for Sandy Bosscamp, her, um, uh, her graveside service was yesterday. Memorial contributions given in her name can be given to Haven of the Ozarks in care of, uh, in care of Buchanan Funeral Home in Monette. So again, if you wish to make any memorial contributions, they can be given to Haven of the Ozarks in care of Buchanan Funeral Home. And then finally, uh, in the back uh, is a sign-up sheet. One of, of, of the things, one of my biggest prayers, uh, if not the biggest prayer for our church, is that our families would be um, rock-solid families with regards to God's Word. Um, Pastor Steve Andrews in Lee Summit, Missouri, has taken it upon himself to provide free family devotion material um, that is simply emailed. Uh, I have put out a sign-up sheet in the back on the table there. Whether you are a family of one or a family of ten, this can be for you. Please use it. Please sign up. All that you have to do is write your name and your email address in the back on that sheet. I will gather that. I will put together an email list because I get sent the material, and then I will forward out that material. I have... Looked it over. It is wonderful stuff. Please, please, please use it. If you are having a difficult time, you know, just finding, maybe not sure what to do for your family devotion time, please sign up. Um, all, all it is is just another email, and, and hopefully it's one that you will use. So that sign-up sheet is in the back on the table. Again, if, whether you are a family of one or a family of 10. Please, please, please uh, sign up for it. Uh, I believe that is all the announcements that I have. I do pray that you all have a very, very blessed week. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on www.freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. 
may his love surround you and his mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Parker Shane.